My dad loved to hear Brother Mike Hill sing, and uh, they, they are very clear to let me know about that. And so uh, they are uh, they're enjoying the service right now. Uh, they may not enjoy it here in just a moment, but they, they enjoyed it when Brother Mike's, I'm just picking, and they love to hear Brother Mike sing. I'm glad that I, in a way at least, I'm getting to pastor people that I never would have had the opportunity to pastor had it not been for COVID and had it not been for the live stream. And so at least in a way, I'm, I'm getting the privilege of pastoring my mom and dad right now. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that. By the way, thank you. Some of you are so kind to my parents and you send cards to them and they were telling me this week that they had received some cards from some of you and, and they appreciate that very, very much. And so we want to welcome my mom and dad into the service today. And then my Aunt Jeannie's been watching uh, on a regular, regular basis. I feel like I'm pastoring her as well. And, uh, and then all of those that are watching by way of live stream, we welcome you. We welcome you in today. I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, please, and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. And when you find your place, if you'll stand, if you're able, if you'll stand this morning out of respect for the reading of, of God's Word and We'll give you an opportunity to stretch your legs one last time today. And uh, Brother Allen, if y'all could give me a little bit more monitor up here this morning, that'd be a blessing. First Peter chapter 2 in your Bibles, we're going to uh, begin in verse number 1, and we're going to read down through verse number 8 today. First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. If so be, if tasted that the Lord is gracious to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also, it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. And you may be seated, and I want to focus this morning for a little while, if I could, on verse number eight. And the Bible says, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Notice this phrase, even to them which stumble at the word. Just a few weeks ago, as I was reading this passage, and of course, I don't know if you picked up on it or not, but we've preached quite a few messages out of 1 Peter chapter 2 here recently, the last few weeks, couple months. And I was reading across that, and it, it seemed like the, the Spirit of God made that phrase stick out in my mind, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. And so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that subject, stumbling at the word. We don't want you to stumble at the word. 
And I want to try to give you some things that I, I think they'll be a help. I think they'll be a blessing to you today. And, and so I'm going to have a small prayer. And I'd like you, while I'm praying, I want you to pray. And I want you to pray that God would open your heart right now and, and open our hearts and that God would give us understanding. And I believe this will make sense. I, I, I believe it will today. And I hope it'll be a blessing. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time and ask God to help us. Father, thank you for the wonderful service. My, oh my, what a blessing, Lord, to be a part of something like this. God, we are so grateful for your presence. We thank you for your wonderful spirit, your Holy Spirit. And Father, we want to thank you for this remarkable book that we have in our hand today that we're going to try to preach from here in just a moment. Lord, I pray that you would, at this moment, God, I, I'm asking you to open our understanding. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that we would be encouraged and edified. I pray that Christ would be exalted. I pray that he would be glorified, and I, and I believe he has, Father. And Father, we pray that you would receive glory under yourself and that the Spirit of God would flow like water. God, I pray that you'll touch us spiritually, and Lord, I, I'm asking you to touch us physically today. And I pray all that's done would glorify one. And his name is Jesus. So Father, help us please now. We love you, we praise you, and we ask these things in Jesus' precious name and for his sake and all God's people said, amen, amen. I understand if you read this passage in its context that this is, Probably without a doubt, this has a salvation context to this chapter and even to verse number eight, which, which is our text this morning. And sadly, there are people who stumble over the fact that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of our salvation. By the way, wow, what a neat passage. I'm not gonna give you the story. I'll, I'll give it to you later. We'll probably be preaching again First Peter chapter two. A wonderful story that I want to share with you on the cornerstone of salvation. I think that's probably the context there. The Lord is speaking of salvation, but also I see here a scripture context. Not only a salvation context, but a scripture context. And so I don't think we're doing any kind of damage to the context this morning. For instance, notice verse number two in the passage that we read this morning. Uh, uh, Peter says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, the word of God. And so uh, it's clear that he's uh, emphasizing the word of God. Notice verse number six. He says in verse number six, wherefore also it is contained in the scripture. And so again, he's talking about the word of God here. And then we get to verse number eight, which is our text this morning. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense even to them which stumble at the word. And so again, we're, we're not only seeing a salvation context, but we're seeing a scripture context here. At here. Uh, many times people stumble over the scriptures or what we would call the word of God. Uh, and I believe that probably contextually here, this is speaking of the lost. It's talking about the lost stumbling over the word of God. But how many know that a lot of times even saved people if they're not careful, can stumble over God's word. Now, it's important for us to understand as we get started here today, it's important for us to understand that the word of God was given to us to help stabilize our walk with God. It was not given to us to cause us to stumble. Uh, this book that you have in your hand or your lap, 
this morning was given to help help stabilize our Christian walk. You don't have to turn there. Many have you uh, have it committed to memory. Psalm one nineteen verse one hundred five says, "Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path." Uh, when I read that verse, I thought about uh, many years ago. My dad used to use a lot. In fact, he used to use one of those old Coleman lanterns. Some of you older folk know what I'm talking about. And, and dad used it a lot. We would be outside working or we would be camping or we would be doing something. And, and dad would always carry along that old uh, oil lantern. And he would light that thing. And, and, uh, and, and I wrote this down. It produced great light in the immediate area. But that Coleman uh, oil lantern was not designed to be a spotlight. That Coleman lantern was designed to light the immediate area around us. It was not a spotlight. Now that's important. And the reason that it's important is because neither is the word of God supposed to be a spotlight. The word of God is designed to be a lamp that illuminates the world around you. It shows you where your feet need to step a step next, which, by the way, encourages us to live by faith, not by sight. Somebody says, preacher, I don't understand why God doesn't show me what's going on way down the road because God doesn't want you to be necessarily down the road. God wants you living by faith right now. And so this word that we have in front of us is like a lamp that lights our steps every day. We're taking another step. We're walking uh, ever forward, never backward. Uh, but but, but there's a, an important note there. That's why it's important to read it every single day. Every single day. Because every single day that you read the word of God, it sheds a little bit more light on the way and a little bit more light on the path. In fact, Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. And so again, I want you to understand that this book was not given to you to cause you to stumble. This book was given to you to help you be stable, to help you in your daily walk with God. And so you say, pastor, I read it, but it doesn't tell me necessarily why this problem has come into my life. Well, it may not, you may not understand it today, but it's very possible you may understand it tomorrow, but it's important that you keep on reading. But the problem is, from time to time, people do stumble. The Word of God causes people to stumble. Now, I know some of you say, Pastor, how in the world? And by the way, and by the way how many know this? That, boy, stumbling can cause a lot of damage. Stumbling can cause a lot of hurt. We've had folks in our congregation here recently that have, have just stumbled. It, it wasn't anything major. It wasn't a car accident. Uh, it wasn't a stroke. They just stumbled. And because they stumbled, they broke bones. They, they, boy, they hurt themselves. And, and so I want you to be careful that you don't stumble and especially that you don't stumble over the word of God. Now, what is it today? I'm going to give you some things. What is it that causes people to stumble over the word of God? Why would someone actually stumble over God's word. And I believe these are going to, I believe these are going to be helpful today. How about this? Number one, uh, what causes Christians to stumble at the word? Number one, a lack 
of study. A lack of study. Now, you can turn there if you want. You don't have to, but 2 Timothy chapter number 2 in your Bibles and verse number 15. Listen to what Paul says to this younger man in the faith, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 15. He says there to Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, let me tell you, this simple message, you won't hear a more simple message than what you're going to hear this morning, but let me tell you why some folks stumble, stumble over the word of God. Because they fail to study the Bible like they need to. Now, you say, Pastor, I'm not a Bible college student. You don't have to be a Bible college student. You say, Preacher, I'm not a scholar. Well, uh, good, join the crowd, amen. Uh, you don't have to be a scholar to understand the word of God, uh, but, I, but I would challenge you to do this. It's important that you be in the Bible every single day and that you study and study and read and read. You say, well, preacher, I tried it on Monday. It didn't do anything for me. Okay, then go back on Tuesday and read it again. And you say, well, pastor, I read it on Monday. I read it on Tuesday. Didn't do anything for me. Then go back and read it on Wednesday again. And read it on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and, and Sunday and every day. And by the way, it's doing more for you than you know it's doing. But it's important that you study. It's important that you study the word of God. Lord's blessed me. I have a beautiful truck sitting out here in the parking lot. Uh, GMC Sierra. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a great truck. But I've got to make a confession. I have never spent a lot of time in the GMC manual. I have one. It came with the truck. But I've never really... I've never really taken a lot of time and spent an abundance of time in that GMC manual. You say, Pastor, big deal. Well, bigger than you know. See, the other day, I'm in my truck. I'm going down the road, and there's buttons, you know. There's buttons on the door, and there's buttons on the, on the dash. And you say, what are all those buttons for? I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. And so I'm going down the road and, and I have some buttons on, the, on my door, door panel there and, and I had reached up to do something, maybe to adjust the vent or something. And when I did, I accidentally hit one of those buttons as I was going down the road. And when I did, the owner who owned the truck before me had put some presets into the computer. When I hit that button, everything started folding up. My pedals, my pedals, brake pedal, gas pedal, they can go in or they can come out. All of a sudden, my, there must have been a midget must have owned my, my truck before I had it. My pedals, my pedals started moving toward me. My seat starts going forward. The back seat starts, starts coming in. And literally, this is the truth. Y'all quit laughing at me, all right? I'm going down the road. I'm going down the road, and this thing is really folding me up like a pretzel. I mean, I... And honestly, it was a little aggravating. But here's the problem. It's my fault. You know why it was my fault? I never read the manual. And so I got aggravated at the fact that the truck was doing, by the way, what the truck was designed to do. But because I had not studied the manual, it, it, it flustered me. Did you know that some people get flustered at the word of God because they don't understand it. It doesn't excite them. It didn't do anything for them. But what they have to understand is this. You've got to keep on studying. 
Man, you've got to get this manual out, which, by the way, is a lot more important than that GMC manual. It's more important than any book you have in your life. And it's important that you get this book out and start reading the Word of God and studying the Word of God. And, but, but a lot of people stumble, and they stumble because of a lack of study. Hey, I wrote this down. Let me see if you can relate to this. Many Christians lack coordination when it comes to the Word of God or studying the Word. What do you mean, preacher? Well, for instance, and by the way, we're not picking on anybody. We've got every level of Christian growth in this room this morning. Some of you folks have been saved for 50 years. Some of you folks have been saved for five months. And so you can't expect those that have been saved for five months to be where those have been saved for 50 years. And so there's every, every level of growth here today, uh, but there are some, you don't know your way around the Bible. And so when pastor says, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter, you're like, where is that? So you have to turn to the front of your Bible, look at the glossary or the, or the table of contents. And, uh, and by the way, by the way, not one thing wrong with that. Right. Nothing wrong with that. There's others that, that uh, you know what, you don't know where the specific books are located. If I were to ask you to turn to Amos, you'd be like, Amos? I didn't know Amos and Andy were in the Bible. I mean, really? <laughs> or Obadiah? Or Zephaniah? Or Malachi? Or, uh, now if you're not laughing, it's because you don't know, amen. But, uh, or Malachi? Or someone says, preacher, is it Job or is it Job? Is it the Philippines or is it Philippians? Is it Psalms or is it Psalms? I mean, what, you know, which one is it? By the way, by the way, we're not gonna, uh, if you say, uh, boy, I really enjoyed the book of Psalms this week, we're not gonna pick on you. That's okay. In fact, to be quite honest with you, it's pretty doggone exciting that at least as a new Christian, you're wanting to get into the word of God. But here's the problem. Some are not coordinated when it comes to the scriptures. And I said that to say this. Many years ago, when I was attending South Dakota Christian School, I joined the uh, soccer, the soccer program at Southview. And I guess Coach Smith, I guess he saw that I had at least some kind of potential, but I was clumsy. <laughs> I was clumsy. When you have a size 13, you'd be clumsy too, amen. And Coach Smith saw that, you know, maybe I would make a, a decent soccer player, but I just wasn't coordinated. Sometimes I'd trip over my own, own feet. And, and I remember Coach Smith came and he said, listen, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to start jump roping. He said, I want you to get you a jump rope. And he said, I want you to start jump roping. He said, a lot of athletes, to increase their coordination, he said, they jump rope. Well, I did, I did what my coach said. I went and got me a jump rope. Man, I began to jump rope. I began to practice and I began to practice and I began to practice. I began to jump rope every single day. And I, honestly, church, after a little while, man, I got the jump roping thing down. I mean, I could speed rope. I don't know if I was as fast as Rocky, but I was pretty fast. And uh, I mean, man, I bought one of those, I mean, professional grade jump ropes and ball bearings in it. And man, I mean, I could, I could whiz. I mean, crisscross, you know, I could do it. Now, I never could play soccer. But anyway, I could jump rope. <laughs> I wasn't a great soccer player, but boy, I was a, I was a humdinger of a, of a jump rope. Right, man? Now, wait a minute now. Wait, you said, Pastor, you're all over the place today. Maybe so. This is my point, though. You know what? 
when I first, when my coach said, you need to start jumping rope, when I first started doing that, I mean, it would go around two or three times and I'd trip over it and go around two or three times and I'd trip over and go around two or three times and I'd get it tangled up. And, but after, after a while, man, after a while, it got fluid and it, it started going. And man, I could, I could really make that thing go. Now, wait a minute now. There's some of you here this morning and, and, and when it comes to the word of God, you'll say, Pastor, I read a chapter two and I trip over it and I read a chapter two and I trip over it and I get it all tangled up and, and I stumble at the word of God. But here's what you've got to do. You've got to keep on at it. Keep on at it. Don't stop. Don't let up. Keep going forward. Keep reading the word of God. Listen to what 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says in verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Listen to what the psalmist or the psalmist said in Psalm chapter one and verse number two. He said, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Day and night. You say, pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that some folks stumble at this blessed book. And by the way, it is a blessed book. Oh, there's no book that's like this book. Thank God for the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Hallelujah for this blessed book. But if you don't study and if you don't stay with it, you're liable to stumble over it. And so what causes people to stumble, preacher? Number one, a lack of study. Number two, what causes people to stumble over the word, preacher? Number two, is a lack of the Spirit. A lack of the Spirit. Many people stumble at the Word because they try to understand it without the aid of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, I want you to understand that the Word of God that you have in your hand right now is more than just a book. By the way, it's more than just a history book. And so a lot of folk are trying to make out like, you know, this is a, this is a great relic. This is a great history book. A lot of great history. We ought to read it as a history book. Listen, my dear friend, it's more than just a history book. There's something special about this book. It's more than just a book on religion. This book is a book. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. This book is a book that is literally alive. It's alive. It is supernatural in every uh, every uh, aspect. It is absolutely supernatural. That's why if you go to this book and try to read it in the flesh, you're not going to understand it. Now, take your Bibles this morning, if you will, please. And uh, We're doing Bible study this morning. I want you to turn over to, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and look at verse number 12. And I want to show this. I want to show this to you this morning. A lack of the Spirit. You say, Pastor... I don't get a lot out of the word of God. Okay, let me show you what might be uh, one of the reasons. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And, and look, if you will, please, at verse number 12. Notice what the word of God says. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, look at this next phrase, but the spirit which is of God. Now look at the next line, Calvary. This is so important. That we might, what's the next word? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, 
but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual, verse 14, here it is, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he, what's the word? Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Listen, if all you do is get in this book and you try to read it like it's, a, like it's Sports Illustrated or Better Homes and Gardens or like it's a natural book or a history book, let me tell you something. You're not going to get what you need to get out of this blessed book. But if you'll depend upon the Spirit of God and before you go read your Bible, man, spend some time with the Lord. Spend some time with the Holy Ghost, who, by the way, is the greatest teacher that's ever lived and say, Holy Holy Spirit, I can't understand this book. I can't understand these words. But if you will teach me, if you will come along beside me, if you will show me, if you'll reveal it to me, if you'll manifest it to me, Lord, if you'll show me something out of this book, I'm willing to read it. I'm willing to study it. And here's the thing. Be careful what you ask for because he'll do it. He'll do it. The Spirit of God. Several years ago, I was privileged, and it really was. I was privileged from, for my first time to speak in a Spanish conference. And uh, it, it, was, it was awesome. It was a neat, neat experience. Pastor Ernesto Andrade, which some of you know, we've had Pastor Andrade down here at the old building. And Pastor Andrade was putting on this big conference, and it, and it really was. Uh, Spanish people came from all over North Carolina. And he asked me if I would come and preach. I thought, well, Brother Ernesto, I mean, yes, I'll come and preach. I can't speak Spanish. I mean, I speak a few words, all the important ones, you know, burrito, enchilada, Doritos. I mean, you know, I, I, all the important ones. He said, no, you come. He said, you preach. He said, I'll translate. And so we went to the conference, good crowd there. And each night I preached and Brother Ernesto would stand right over here and man, he would translate. Well, listen, we, after a little while, man, we got it in the groove, I'm telling you. It got fun. And man, I'd preach a little bit in English and Brother Ernesto would preach in Spanish. Man, I'd preach in English and he'd preach in Spanish. And man, you could feel, you could feel the Spirit of God working in a great way. But I gotta make a confession to you. What they had, just like we do, before they, we ever got to the preaching, they had uh, singing, they had announcements, they had preliminaries. And, and so I was sitting right over here in the early part of the service. I was as lost as a goose. I mean, honestly, have you ever been somewhere where you had to watch the crowd? And so Brother Ernesto would get up there and he'd say something in some kind of a Spanish tongue and what he was saying was, everybody, let's all stand, we're gonna sing. And, and I had to watch the crowd because I had no idea what he was saying. And so when I saw the crowd stand, I'd stand. And when I saw the crowd sit down, I sat down. And, uh, and, and honestly, most of that service, I didn't have a clue what was going on. You know why? Because they weren't translating the service throughout the service, I needed a translator. Oh, yes, I needed a translator to understand. Listen, when you get in this book, you need a translator. And the translator is the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, he's the one that wrote this book. He authored this book. And so when you get in your Bible, say, Spirit of God, teach me. Spirit of God, show me. Spirit of God, reveal truth to me. Lord, speak into my heart, speak into my life, speak into the lives of 
of my family, speaking of the life of our marriage, Lord, teach me. Listen, you'll never be, and you say, well, Pastor, I'll have you know that I've got two or three degrees after my name, uh, and uh, you know, I've got PhDs, and I've got uh, all these other degrees, but I'm just telling you, I don't care how many degrees you've got after your name, that doesn't matter. You'll never understand this book without the help of the Holy Spirit. And so why do people stumble? Why do people stumble? Number one, a lack of study. Number two, a lack of the Spirit. But there's another reason, quickly. Number, number next is this. Some people study because of a lack of scriptural instruction. Now, I want you to take your Bibles. I want you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians. New Testament. If you can find 1 Corinthians, keep going to the right. 2 Corinthians, keep going to the right. Galatians, keep going to the right. In the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, this is so important. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 11. And the Bible gives us some very clear admonition concerning the work of the church. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 11, the Bible says, And he gave some apostles... And some prophets and some evangelists, notice what he says here, and some pastors and teachers. Now, verse 12, notice verse number 12. I've got it highlighted. It says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, edifying. What does that mean? Pastor, it means building up. For the building up. For, for, for making the church stronger, making the church where it's able to grow, for the edifying of the body of Christ. By the way, you're the body. You're the body. Until you get here, this is just a building. You say, this is a church, and it is. It is the church, church building. But the actual church doesn't take up till you get here. And so you are, and I, we are, we're the body of Christ. And the Bible says that, that the pastor has been put there for the edifying of the body of Christ. Look at verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto, unto a perfect man. We're trying to, to grow in the Lord under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, very simply, I'll just hit this and go to the, the, go to the last point. It is the job of the pastor, if I understand this right, and I believe I do, it's the job of the pastor to build you up in the faith, to edify you. To encourage you, somebody says, preacher, uh, really church is not that big a deal. It is a huge deal. And that's why you really ought not miss it for anything in the world unless you're providentially hindered. Listen, if you're sick and you've got a fever, and of course we understand all of that. If you just had surgery and you're recovering from surgery, we understand all of that. But, but And I understand the COVID and all that's going on, but I'm just saying this, my dear friend, once we get out of this COVID thing, this place ought to be bulging at the seams. Why? Because it is the job of your pastor to try to build you up in the faith. You say, what, what, what do you mean, pastor? I believe the pastor does this by filling in the missing links. I put it down this way, by connecting the dots. Jeremiah 3.15 says it like this, and I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. I'm going to give you pastors that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. The other night, sometime back, my wife and I, we were watching one of these 
We're watching one of these artistry shows. And there was a well-known artist on the, on the screen. One of these kind of shows where they take a blank canvas. They have several brushes. They have their paints there. And they start painting a picture on the program. And before it's all done, it's beautiful. But how many know this? When, they're, when they first start, it looks like a mess. So here's this well-known artist. He has this blank canvas and we're watching this program. He takes his brush, he dabbles it in this, this paint and he puts this weird design at the corner of the canvas. And we're thinking, what is that? That doesn't look like anything. Then he takes another brush and, and he gets this real odd color and he puts it at the bottom. And then he gets another brush and he takes another color of paint and he, and, and he paints this real weird looking figure right in the middle of the canvas. And we're thinking, what in the world is this guy doing? Well, wait a minute. He's the artist. You see, my wife and I couldn't see it. We couldn't, oh yes, yes, Jesus is helping us today. We couldn't tell exactly what he was doing. I'm going to be honest. It looked, it, it didn't look like anything significant. It looked sort of like a mess. It didn't, it didn't match. The colors didn't go together. But we watched the artist and little by little, he filled in a little here and he filled in some here and he brushed it right here and he did this right here. And then we're like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. That's a tree. That's what that is. And then he painted a little here and did a little here and all of a sudden the lake became visible and then the mountains were in the background drop and, and little by little he filled it all in and by the time he got done it was absolutely exquisite Amen. you say pastor why should I come to church you need to come to church so the pastor can remind you of what the artist is doing and by the way I'm not the artist I'm not the artist but I am the one that God uses to try to help you fill in the links and connect the dots and, and somebody says pastor I don't understand why God do that right there and I want to say just be patient hang in there God knows what he's doing yes God knows what he's doing God's painting a beautiful picture God's got big plans for you he knows what he wants to use you to do you just hang in there and be patient while the artist does his wonderful work. Man, can I just take a time out and say hallelujah. Wow. But wait a minute, people struggle though. And people stumble because they lack that scriptural instruction. What does that mean, pastor? Don't you, listen, don't you miss. Every time the doors are open, Every time we have a revival, every time we have a conference, by the way, did you know these men that we have in to speak can speak in your life in a way the pastor can't? And so we have Brother Kissler in, and man, he speaks in a certain way, and we have Brother Jason Penley in, and God uses him in a different way, and we have Brother Seth in, and God uses him in a different way. What's God doing? God is using you, or using these men to cause you to, to understand the Word of God. All right, let's bring this thing to a close. Why is it the people stumble over the word? Number one, a lack of study. Number two, a lack of the spirit. Number three, a lack of scriptural instruction. We're done. Number four, some people study because of a lack of doctrinal simplicity. What do you mean, pastor? Did you know there are people, there are people who love to complicate the scriptures? 
And if you're not careful, they'll convince you that God's word is way too hard to understand. It's true. True. You watch some of these programs, go to some of these churches, and you know, uh, Dr. Bottle Stopper gets up behind the pulpit and he says, today, today, today. We shall discuss the doctrine of homardiology. And it's answer of soteriology. Why don't you just say, we're all sinners. And the way you get that sin taken care of is by salvation. Which, by the way, is what that means. Someone says, well, we're going to do, a, you know, we're going to do an in-depth study on pneumatology. <laughs> And all the younger Christians are like, say what? We're going to come in here for the next six months. We're going to talk about ultra-dispensationalism. And we lose about 98% of the congregation. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. You could quote the poem this way. You could say it like this. Skinnelate, skinnelate, globule vivific. Fain would I fathom thy nature specific, loftily poised in the ether capacious, strongly resembling a gem carbonaceous. I know. Or you could just say it like this, twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are up above the world so high, like a diamond in the sky. Listen, understand something. This Bible, this King James Bible that I have in my hand, hopefully you have in your hand, is written on about a fourth grade learning level. Fourth grade. It's simple. Now here's the danger. Here's the danger. Here's the danger of people making the Bible complicated. If they make the Bible complicated, let me tell you what happens. It causes a sense of intimidation. And when you get up here and you speak with big, gigantic words and all these long, flowing phrases and, and the deeper things of God. That's how they talk, isn't it? I mean, it is. And when you get up here and you do like that and you make the Bible so complicated, this is what it tells the congregation. Number one, there's no use in reading it. And number two, if I did read it, I couldn't live by it. In Calvary Baptist Church and all those that are watching by way of live stream, I want you to understand nothing could be further from the truth. You can read it and you can understand it. And you can not only read it and understand it, but you can live by it. Did you know that God will never ask you to do something that you cannot do? I love this. We're done. Well, you got to love Adrian Rogers, don't you? Adrian Rogers said it like this. The Bible is like a pool. Shallow enough that a little child can come and get a drink without fear of drowning. Yet so deep, scholars can swim in it and never touch bottom. Oh yeah, that's the book. It's made to stabilize your life, not to cause you to stumble. So I would just ask you today, are you in the book? I, I, you say, Pastor, you have a goal for me in 2021? I do. Become a student of the Word of God. And every single day, get in the book. Get in the book. Read the Word of God. 
and you have no idea how to change your life. Let's pray today. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for this time we've had together today. Lord, thank you for letting me preach from the Bible about the Bible. Father, I pray that you would help us to be people of the book. Lord, help us to be students of the word of God. Lord, for that person, and and I have no doubt that I'm preaching to quite a few. To that person that's sitting out here today and the devil has come and said, you can't understand that book and it's not gonna help you. Lord, would you help them to realize that that is a live Satan. And Father, it would be a great day at Calvary Baptist Church if we had some people who would just come to this old-fashioned altar today and say, I'm getting ready to be a student, a diligent student of the Word of God. Holy Spirit, would you give us understanding? Lord, would you forgive us for neglecting this book? And I pray, God, that every day we'll get into it. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed this morning quickly. I wonder how many would be here today and you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that I am saved and I'm going to heaven when I die. If you can honestly say that, would you slip your hand up right now? Nobody's looking. God bless you. Thank you so much. You can lower your hands. Could I ask a second question though? I'll make you a promise that I won't embarrass you. I'll make you a promise that I won't come back. I won't try to drag you down an aisle. I've never done that. I'm not going to do it today. But I can make you another promise. I want to pray for you. And I wonder how many would be here this morning and you'd say, Pastor, I'm going to be honest. If I died today, I'm not really sure that I would go to heaven. I want to go, but I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. I want you to pray for me today. How many right now, you just slip your hand up, just raise it up. Bless you, thank you, bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, God bless you. Wow. <laughs> Three or four hands have been went up. Right before I pray, is there one more right now? You'd slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I'm just not sure. I want to go, but I'm not sure. I want you to remember me. You slip your hand up. Is there another? Anywhere, anywhere. All right. I'm sure proud of you for raising your hands and being honest. And I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Can I talk to the Christian folks here just a moment? Those who know that you know that you know that you know that you're saved. Are you a student of God's Word? Are you in it day in and day out, reading every day, studying, asking God to teach you? If not, if things are not exactly like they need to be, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. In just a moment, when we stand, I'm going to ask you to take your Bible. I'm going to ask you to bring it with you. And I'm going to ask you to come to this altar with your Bible in hand. And while you're holding that copy of the Word of God, I want you to pray something like this. Lord, please, 2021, help me to be a student of God's Word. 
Would you stand with us all over the house? Folks are already coming. Folks are praying. Boy, Calvary, now would be a great time to pray. I'm going to ask some of our personal workers if they'll come to the ends of the aisle over here. And if you need to come, the altars are wide open today. We want you to come. Folks are coming. Folks are coming. We've got some men here at the end of the aisle. They'll, they'll meet you. We'd like to pray with you. We'd like to take the Word of God and show you how you can know that you know that you're going to heaven when you die. Whatever you do, friend, don't leave this place not knowing. You say, Preacher Steve, these aisles are long. Well, they're really not that long, but I'll make you a promise. If you'll take the first step, I promise you God will help you with the second one. He wants you to be saved. I want you to come. So, Father, I pray now that you would work in this invitation. You're already working. I thank you for that. Father, these that raised their hands this morning and said that they're not sure of heaven, God, right now, in just a moment, I pray you'll help them to come. And, Lord, let us take the Word of God and show them how they can know that they're going to live in heaven forever. Father, I pray that people will come from all over this auditorium and find a place holding their, their Bible, praying this morning, oh Lord, would you teach me the Word of God. Father, would you help me to be a student of your Word. Lord, have your way now in this invitation, please. And we sure thank you in Jesus' name.